glad to be in the house of God today. Amen. Those that are in-house and on live feed, thank you so much for being with us. I know that we serve a mighty big God. Amen. I've come to worship a mighty big God. And the thing about it is, is if we if we put in a mighty big worship, a mighty big God is going to pour out a mighty big blessing. Amen. I don't know about you, but I could take a mighty big blessing. Let's all stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. I know that we have prayer requests. We have needs. We've got situations. We've got things we're going on. We're going through. We've got upside downs and inside outs. But I know that God can, can straighten all things out. Amen. For I know that my God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever hope or imagine. Amen. Those that are on live feed, if you have a prayer request, please text it to the number listed on the screen. If you're in-house and have a prayer request, let it be known by lifting of your hand. God knows every need. Let's go to God in prayer and ask Him to move today. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we want to thank you. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this great and wonderful opportunity that you've allowed us to come into your house and worship you. Father, today I know that there's needs. I know there's situations. But Father, we lay them all down at the foot of the cross of Calvary. We lay them there and we leave them there. Why? Because we know that you will supply all of our need according to your riches and glory. And we're laying our need at the cross so that you can supply that need. Father, today I pray that you'll touch this service, the singing, the preaching of your word, every heart that's in-house and live feed. I pray that you'll pour a double portion of your Holy Spirit out upon their lives today. We forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. For it is in Jesus' precious, come on church, it's in Jesus' precious, it's in Jesus' holy, it's in Jesus' righteous, in Jesus' awesome, in the glorious name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's children said, Amen and Amen. Would you give God a great hand clap of praise? Let's worship today. Amen. Amen. Let's worship Him in song this morning.
cares can take it in. Oh, that home that crawls, my burdens gladly bearing. Oh, he bled and died to take away
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you give us. Thank you for everything you've done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, give God a hand clap of praise as you're being seated this morning. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, this praise team, if they'd get a good drummer, they might would do something. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. Again, we thank you to being here with us today. Thank you to those in-house and on live feed alike. God is good, ain't he? Hey, uh, about three people. Hang on. Let me give me a piece of peppermint. Let me see if that'll crank anybody up. God is good, ain't he? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Thank you again for being here with us today. We've got a lot of things going on around the church, and I'm going to tell you something. It, it makes me feel good, Brother Kevin. I'm sitting out, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking all these things that's happening, and I'm like, I'm not involved. I'm not doing something. I'm like, yeah, come on. But I am involved. I am doing a lot of things, and I'm, I'm glad that we've got a lot of department leaders and a lot of folks that are stepping in and doing a lot of things around the church. Amen? Amen. God is good. Amen? And we're, we've got some work go, coming up here in the next few weeks. We've got some things that's going to be going on. So, guys. Young and old alike. Get ready. Because we've got some stuff going on. So, just be prepared. God is going to do great things around the church. God already has been, and I'm looking forward to what God's going to continue to do. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you will, go ahead and turn with us to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Last Sunday and the Sunday before we started, and I think I'm going to finish it today. Does anybody think I am? Don't answer that. We started a couple of Sundays ago, and we started talking about, we started talking about the purpose. What is our purpose as believers, amen. If I go on a job, I've got a purpose. If I go somewhere in town, I've got a purpose. I go into Walmart, I got a purpose. I go into the restaurant. Come on. I don't walk into the restaurant just to sit there and look pretty. Don't answer that one. But I'm telling you something. I've got a purpose, amen. And as a believer, we need to know what our purpose is. It's not just to sit around and look pretty. Because if that was what it was to us to do, some failed. We need to do more than just sit around. We need to be about the Father's business. Amen. What is our purpose in life as a Christian? We're supposed to be Christ-like. What did Jesus tell his parents when, he found, when they found him in the temple one day when he was only eight years old? He said, did you not know that I would be about what? I'd be about playing tic-tac-toe. He said, I'm in the temple to do what? I'm here to do my Father's business. And that's what we need to be doing if we want to be Christ-like. We need to be about our Father's business. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 28, says this. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together. All things work together. The good, the bad, the ugly. All things work together. I lost my job. All things work 
work together. I, 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 the bank told me some bad news. All things work together. The doctor told me some bad news. All things work together for the good according to the purpose of God. For those in whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the things of this world. No, we are to be formed in the image of the Son of the Almighty God in order that we might be the firstborn of many, many of the brethren. Last Sunday, we talked about just for a second or two, I just barely touched the surface on what we need to do as believers. We need to have a persistent effort. I'm going to tell you something. If some people was going to be a Christian based off of just the effort that they do on a day-to-day basis, We need to put forth a persistent effort. How many of you have got a job at, at, uh, during the day? You go to the job and there's people, your co-workers, they don't put forth a persistent effort to do their job. They're there to draw a paycheck and nothing more, nothing less. They want to grab up a bar stool, sit on it, and wave at everybody going by and say, I'm here working what you need, but they ain't going to get up and do something. But we need to put forth a persistent effort on our jobs at home and to do the work of the kingdom. Amen. We've got to put forth a persistent effort. We talked about that last Sunday. So let's move forward. We also need to have a positive attitude. We need to put forth a positive attitude. I'm going to tell you something. There's too many negative Nancys in the church. There's too many negative Nancys in the church. Our church is too small. Our church can't do that. We we're just we just we got this many of these uh, of the uh, the the the. the, the I, somebody told me the other day. They said something about the uh, the elderly in the church, and I said, "You better hush your mouth, because some of you getting closer." When you start when you start having white hair, I ain't got to worry about that one. But what we've got to understand is it's not about our might nor our ability. It's not about what's in our pocketbook. But everything that we do is what? For the kingdom of God. And guess what? If God ordained it, God's going to take care of it. Amen. we got to put forth a... Per- oh, I'm going back to Nick last Sunday, ain't I? we got to put forth a persistent effort to have a positive attitude to do the work of the kingdom. Amen. So let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. And it says this. For he is like one who is inwardly calculating, eat and drink. He says to you, but not his heart is not in it. I know what that says. You ever seen those folks that they, they try to tell you what you need to do, but their heart ain't there? This is what's got to be done, but their heart ain't there. This is what's got to be done, but they're really not really there. They're off somewhere else. There's too many pastors in the churches today that's standing there and they're saying, well, this is just a stepping stone to go somewhere else. I told somebody this morning, I told somebody this morning, I told somebody this morning, I ain't looking, I ain't thinking, I'm here at Coosa Valley. Why? Because I know I've got to have a persistent effort for God to do something. And I'm the only one getting excited about it. 
We need to have a persistent effort and we need to put forth a positive attitude. Well, how do we do that? We do that in our meditation. Take a look at the next passage. It's in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Have you ever heard this one before? You never have. Okay, well, let me tell you about it. Philippians 4 and verse 8 says this. Finally. Does anybody know what that word means? Done. Does anybody know what that word means? Finish. Does that what, no, anybody know what that word means? Ain't nothing coming next. It says, finally, my brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Flip back, flip back one screen. Too many times people have so much negativity on the things that's going on that they cannot think about the things that are true. They have too much negativity. Oh, well, you know what so-and-so did to me the other day. Oh, do you know what such-and-such happened to me the other day? Oh, everything's just crumbling down. Everything's just piling up. Everything's just bad. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, that means truthful, that means correct, that means moral, that means biblical. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just. I'm going to tell you something. The thing about it is, I don't know how some people do it. They never come to church like I do. They never work for God like I do. And they think they're going to skate by. I'm going to tell you something, church. We serve a mighty big God and He is very just. Amen. He is going to provide judgment in a just way. Amen. Not in my way because I'm going to tell you something. I've said it before. If I had God-like power and I had a bag of lightning bolts. Woo! Brother Kevin, you got a list? Y'all hear? Y'all see what I'm saying? But what we've got to do is we've got to quit trying to figure out how somebody did you wrong and look on the just and the honorableness of God. Amen. Why? Because that's what He wants us to be like. Amen. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is nobody's getting anything out of it. I hope live feed is. Whatever is pure. Quit thinking negative. It ain't about the pocketbook that the church has, but it is about what the pocketbook that my God has. Amen. God says that He's gonna, He's got the mountain of a thousand hills. He's got the goats. He's got the cattle. He's got streets of gold. It's not about what I can pay for, but it is about what my God says He's able to pay for. Amen. What is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovable. Some ain't lovable. Yeah, I put a B in there. I did it on purpose. Some ain't lovable. Whatever is commendable. There's some things, and I think it touched on it a little bit in Sunday school. There's some things that goes on in the church world that is not commendable. 
There are pastors, evangelists, church folks today that has lived for God for 50 plus years and all of a sudden they said it ain't me no more. I'm giving it up. I'm turning it away. I'm just going some way else. Why? Because I, I can't push. I can't push forward. I can't keep going because the way is hard. Nobody told you when you got saved that the way was going to be easy. God said the salvation's free. Everything else you got to work for. You got to push. It's says push and press forward pressing doesn't mean just a little dabble do you but pressing and pushing forward says I'm pushing towards the mark of the prize I'm about ready to preach now y'all better come on I'm pushing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God I'm tired, I'm weak, my back hurts, my legs hurts. I guess I'm just going to sit down. No, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pressing forward. Why? Because I know that my God is a God that heals. I know that my God is a God that saves. I know that my God is a God that sets. Whatever is commendable is what you're doing for God commendable. You better think about that. But you also got to look at your dedication. There's some people that's dedicated all right. But I don't know what you're dedicated towards. I have so many people talk about religion and religious things. I am so sick and tired of religion. I'm so sick and tired of religious things. I'm tired of those things. I want to dedicate my life to have a relationship with God. It ain't about a religion. It's, I know a lot of religious folks. And they ain't nowhere near close to being saved. The Bible talks about if all you're after is, is, the, is the traditions of man and all you're after is just a little bit of this and a little bit of that, then where's your dedication to your relationship with God? God is dedicated to His relationship with you. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 tells us this. I, I've got to have a dedication to what my relationship with God's going to be like. If I want my relationship with my daughter to be a certain way, then I've got to dedicate to have that relationship. Hello? Yep, it's all over. You've got to dedicate in your relationship with God. I can't tell you how many times... That I have heard from, I'm going to be honest with you, from people sitting that, that, that's on the roll book. I'll just say on the roll book of Coosa Valley. Let's just leave it at that. They may be in-house. They may be on live feed. They'll say, okay. I've approached and I've said, hey, would you like to, I think that you could do this, this particular area. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. No, no, no. Here's the bad part, and th this ain't happened here. You go to them and you say, I need somebody that, that can come to the church once a week and just vacuum. Vacuum floors, that's not ministry. Well, hello? How many likes living in a dirty home? Don't, don't answer that. Everything that's done at your house has to be done here. 
times three. Is anybody with me? Brother Wayne didn't say, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna halfway cut the grass. He comes over and cuts the grass. Okay? But I have. I've talked to people and I'll say, okay, I'm just gonna use this as an example. I'm gonna say, I think we need somebody to help help with the cleaning. Could you come at least once every other week and, and could you just vacuum? It, it takes it takes a minute to vacuum all this floor. Have y'all ever seen how much carpet we got here? It takes a time. How long does it take to vacuum this sanctuary? Four hours. Four hours to vacuum all of this, all of this, all of this, and what you sitting on. You don't think them things ain't got to be vacuumed? They need it. They'll say, no, Brother Andy, I can't do that. Okay. Well, I think you need to be doing something in the ministry. I, what, what would you like to do? Don't ask. Don't, don't, no, no, no. Don't go down that road. Because I've had too many that said, I want to be the pastor. Okay, here. Well, I'd like to be the pastor because I only work. I don't, you know, right now it's COVID and we're just coming out of COVID and we only have Sunday school, Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. Well, that's only three services an hour. You only work three hours a week. Well, my hourly rate show is high. It ain't three hours a week. You get the call at two o'clock in the morning that somebody's in the hospital about to die. You hear what I'm saying? There's so many people, and I'm using that as an example, but there's so many. I, I know what scripture's on the screen, but y'all need to walk, walk with me. There's so many people today that they're walking into ministry. Me and Sister Carrie can tell you, I had somebody that called me about a church that I knew about, and they said, I, they said we want to go there to pre, to be the pastor. And I was thinking, yeah, go for it. They need a pastor. And they said, but I can only, they'll have to pay me $1,500 a week. I said, wow! I said, why is that? Am I not telling the truth? This church, that church that they was talking about barely ran 20. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? But there's too many people, just like that example I just shared with you, that they're all about, what is it for me? What's my benefit? You know what? My benefit is for the being a pastor of this church, I got a great benefit. I, my retirement plan is out of this world. Amen? It ain't like any 401k, Bitcoin, or any, any stocks and bonds that you've ever seen. My retirement plan is awesome. Come on now. Instead of trying to figure out all of these other things, what you need to do is say, God, here, Isaiah, hello? Isaiah said, here I am, what you want me to do? Come on. Now listen, I know, look, our church is awesome. I don't know that I've approached anybody in this church and asked them to do anything that they told me no. Because we've got a lot of folks that's willing to work. Sometimes you've got a little will, willing workers at the churches and they're willing to let you do all the work. 
we got a great church. Somebody came to me the other day and said, Brother Andy, there's a lot of folks doing a lot of things around here. And I said, sure is. I found myself sitting at the table the other day in the fellowship hall, and I looked up, and I was like, man, I need to be up doing something. What do I need to do? They said, sit there. I said, why am I saying all this? I'm saying that we've got to have a dedication to our relationship with God and that dedication is more than sitting there holding the pew down. Them pews don't need held down. They are held down by about eight bolts. They ain't going nowhere. What God needs is for somebody to do something. It might be to say, hello, hallelujah, glory to God. It might be to open up the door and welcome people as they come in. It might be to pick up a piece of trash. But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll have a dedication and you'll say, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me the strength. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to go from cleaning the toilet bowl to speaking and preaching the word of God. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to know you dedication. He ain't going to put you at the end if he can't trust you at the beginning. Y'all didn't think I knew exactly where I was going, did you? Y'all thought I ran down a rabbit trail and I wasn't going to bring it back. Well, my name is David Andrew, now known as Andy. Has anybody ever heard that? A lot of these, these businesses they're saying, I'm this known as let me tell you something. You can go talk to somebody and you can tell them you know David Andrew Lambert or you can tell them that you know Andy Lambert. But I'm going to tell you something. If you ain't got a dedication with your relationship with God and tell them that you know Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, I don't care what the known and is. You got to know God. Your name means something. Your name means something about your dedication to your relationship with God. And when you have a persistent effort and you put on a positive attitude and you've got your dedication towards your relationship with God, do you know what you're going to do next? You're going to display a productive example. People are watching you. You've got to be productive. You've got to be the right example. I did not say you got to be a doormat. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I'm not a doormat. Come on. Hello? But you can still be a productive example. Take a look at this scripture. Take a look at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 starting in verse 15. Let's go 15 through 17, see if I can read it all at one time. Starting in verse 15, look at what it says. For if your brother is grieved by what you are doing. I know what that says. I'm not changing the verse. I'm not changing the word of God. Y'all need to watch, y'all need to read this and listen to what I'm telling you. If your brother is grieved based off of what you are doing, don't do it. Brother Andy, that's not in the scripture. Live feed. Right there. In-house, right there. 
If your brother is grieved based off of what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. If you know that somebody, that if that offends, I don't know why anybody's offended by eating sausage and bacon. I like it. I'm not talking about because somebody can't eat it because of dietary reasons. I'm talking about if what you are doing whether right or wrong, if it offends somebody else, stop! You must, I told y'all I couldn't get through it. You must be a productive example. By what you do, do not destroy the one whom Christ died for. Did you know Hang on, don't go nowhere. Did you know that Christ died for Saddam Hussein? Did you know that Christ died for Adolf Hitler? Did you know that Christ died for Osama bin Laden? Christ knew them from the moment they was formed in their mother's womb. God knew exactly what the person that they would come out to be. And God let them be born anyway. Why? Because Christ died for even the likes of them. So if Christ died for them and Christ died for your next door neighbor and Christ died for your co-worker and Christ died for the person down the road that gets on your nerves every time he drives by and he revs his vehicle up right when he gets to your driveway and he spins all the way to the stop sign. If I find him, never mind. He getting on my nerves. But Christ died. Do y'all know how to stop that? I don't know anyway. Christ died for even him. Are y'all hearing me? But it doesn't mean that if he's doing that and my daughter and a bunch of kids from the church is out there playing and he's going to drive reckless, doesn't mean we ain't going to stop him. It doesn't mean just because somebody breaks in the church and steals everything. I know that Christ died for them. But it doesn't mean that we ain't prosecuting. Hello? I can forgive that person. But we also are bound by the laws of the land. Until they go against the word of God. Is everybody with me? Everybody on the same sheet of music? I don't want to be up here singing Amazing Grace and y'all singing I'll Fly Away. And somebody over here saying, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, please let my... No, what I'm doing. Take a look at verse 16. Do not let what you do be evil spoken of. Now look, as a Christian... As a child of God, as a pastor, as a district overseer, as all of those things, I know people don't like me. There ain't nobody in here that don't like me. But did you know that if, if you bring correction to people, they don't like that? Did y'all know that? 
people don't like it. And they get mad. That's not what this is talking about. You know what? If your child does something wrong and you punish them and you correct them, they don't like you in that moment. But guess what? That is not what that is talking about. And live feed, I mean that right there. Y'all in the house, there's a screen right there. Y'all can't see it, but there's a screen right there. But what I'm talking about is when you're doing something and somebody is just going to, you know up front people are not going to like it and they're going to talk evil about it. You better rethink your process. If you're doing it in correction and in love, take the next step. But if you're doing it just to spite them, Do not let what you do be evil spoken of. Go on down to, go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 23. We're going to get there in just a second. 1 Corinthians 10 and 23 says, it's, it's on the screen, but I want you to listen to me for just a second. You need to be careful with your liberties. You need to be careful. You got to be a productive example. And therefore you must be careful about your liberties. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just because you need to spread the word. I'm going to use this because this is going to just. It's just going to throw somebody for a loop. Just because God's called us to be an example and God's called us to be a witness and God's called us to carry the good news out to the highways and the byways and bid people to come in. Just because somebody that we're supposed to do that does not mean that you take the family Bible from the house that weighs 50 pounds and go beat somebody with it. Be careful with your liberties. Your tongue can... What's, what's that saying? Your mouth is... Writing a check that you can't cash. Something along those lines. There are times that Christians' mouth will write a, ke- a check that they don't need to. I used this example before and I said this. How many like steak? There, a bunch of you raised your hand. How many likes it cooked the right way? Now everybody in here has got a different way. Some likes it's marinated. Some likes it raw. Are you kidding me? Raw? Some likes it almost to moo. And you know. That's what's wrong with you. I go in and I tell them. I want it cooked. She said, so you want it burnt? I said, no ma'am. I want it cooked. I don't want it mooing. I don't want it bleeding. I want it cooked. And you know what happens when that nicely cooked steak comes out to my table? I don't cram it all in my mouth at one time. I cut it up and I eat it bite by 
bite. Be careful with your liberties. Just because we're called to be a witness and, and bid people to come in does not mean that you go and take a bullwhip and a baseball bat and, and make them come to church. Now some of you in house and live feed, you know who you are. Hey, hey, bring, hey, zoom that thing in right here on my nose. I know it can get almost at it. Come on, come on, right here. Y'all hang on just a second. I got to do something. Look, I did not tell nobody to take a baseball bat or a bullwhip or something like that and tell people they need to come to church. But there are some of you in-house and live feed. I hope I touched your nose. That I've told you I'm going to send the SWAT team after you. And I mean it. But here, listen to me. All right, here we go. Look, you're going to count my nose hairs. Get back. Look, what we've got to understand is simple. Y'all, I know that. I'm not, I like to have fun. I like to laugh. I like to crack up. But I'm going to be serious about something right here. I need you to listen to me, and I need, I need you to know that I mean business. Be careful how you witness. Because you can cause them to run the other direction. They are folks that's going to get tired of you constantly berating them. Brother Andy, that ain't biblical. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. Be careful of your liberties. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Boy, y'all didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? It's okay. That I eat fried foods all the time. But that ain't so helpful. I'm going to get over here somewhere. Exactly. It, things that you eat may not send you to hell. But it's going to cause your wife to beat you on a... Never mind, no. Just because it's lawful does not mean it's helpful. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? Be careful of your liberties. All things are lawful, but all things do not build up. We're supposed to be building up the kingdom of God. Y'all, I told y'all I was going to finish this in three weeks. How many of you said six? I ought to knock you in the nose. Yeah, it was my daughter. Yeah, you too. We also need to be cheerful. We also need to be cheerful. First, uh, First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirty. Verse thirty and thirty-one. It says this: If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced? Because of that for which I gave thanks. So whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Look, I have seen nursery workers. I'm y'all. I'm very proud of our nursery workers here at the church. I am extremely proud of our Sunday school teachers. I am proud of our praise team, the musicians, except the drummer. I'm proud of these folks. I'm proud of the folks that takes care of the yard and, and those, that, those that do the uh, maintenance and upkeep around this church. Yeah, I'm still going to get right in the middle of it sometimes when I can. I like doing those things, but I'm proud of the folks that are doing the work here at the church. 
But if you're doing the work and griping and complaining and grumbling, you better get a better attitude. And there ain't nobody here at this church doing that. Hallelujah, glory to God. I have seen nursery workers that when they had come, now they, look, God didn't call me into nursery work. God didn't call me into student ministry because I'm going to tell you something. Aisle 13 and Home Depot would be empty. That just so happens to be where the duct tape is at. Aisle 32. Home Depot's going to like that. But God didn't call me into student ministries. I want to ask what no a squirrel moment. I'm gonna find out what's on 13. No. But God didn't call me into those areas. Why? Because duct tape would be empty. I've look, I've done them. I've worked in the nursery, I've worked in children's church, I've worked in student ministries, believe it or not. And they came out alive, and I came out bald. I've worked in the nursing home ministry. I've worked in the senior adult ministry. I've worked in the park. Look, I'm going to promise you this. I'm not going to ask anybody to do something that I ain't already done or could do myself. I may ask people to do something because there's something else that the pastor needs to tend to. But if you're doing it begrudgingly, that's the same way with your giving. Do I need to go down that avenue? Let's go anyway. There are people that give and they'll say, oh, I'm giving just because he preached on it today. God ain't blessing ugly. I got one person agreeing with me. God don't bless ugly. So whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. God called you to it. Do it with a smile. Why? Because go back, go back to all of my all of my main points. Let's go back. All the way back. We got to be persistent in our effort. Okay? I'm wrapping up. Watch this. We got to be persistent in our effort. The second thing that we got to do is we got to have a positive attitude. The third thing that we've got to do is we've got to be productive in what we're doing. And in that, we've got to do what? We've got to demonstrate personal love. We've got to demonstrate personal love. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Verse 1 and 2 says this, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord... I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Church, you've been called. Back up. You have been called. You have not been called to sit on a seat and, and, and act like you're licking on a bunch of lemons. You're not called to suck on persimmons. But we are called to have a persistent effort, a positive attitude. We are called to have a productive uh, example. And we are to demonstrate the love of God in all that we do. Why? Because we are a prisoner for God. 
And we have been called to walk. And we need to walk in the manner in which we have been called of God. Man didn't call you. God called you. We got a lot of man called folks. We need God called folks. You know what the man called folks do? The man man called pastors, the man called evangelists, the man called workers in the church. When the going gets tough, they get going. And then somebody's got to come in and clean it up. Hello? Are y'all with me? Quit being man called and start being God called. And you need to start walking in the manner worthy of the calling of God. Look at verse 2. You need to walk with humility. You ain't all that in a bag of tater chips. You need to walk with humility. You need to walk with gentleness. You need to walk... Well, this one right here is tough sometimes. We've got to walk with patience. Hello? We've got to walk with bearing with one another in love. That includes the Walmart checkout. That includes that restaurant waiter or waitress. That includes that customer service person on the phone that ain't got a clue what they're doing. Except reading a script. We need to have humility, gentleness, and patience. We need to show the love of God. But we don't have to be a doormat. Why? Because love, go ahead and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. We're closing right here. Why do we need to do this? Because love causes us to patiently wait for that one that is spiritually weaker than you to catch up. Not everybody is on the spiritual same spiritual strengthness as everybody else. Is everybody still with me? Is everybody here? Everybody listening to me? Not everybody is on the same spiritual strength scale as somebody else. Those who are spiritually stronger are supposed to help the spiritually weaker. It does not make you better than them. It does not allow you to look down your nose at them. And it does not allow you to put your foot on the back of their neck. But what it does is it allows you to say, come on, I'm right here. I'm going to help you take this next step. I know that your faith is weary. I thought I was closing. I thought your faith was weary and I thought you were starting to get faith. Your faith was starting to get weak. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm spiritually stronger. I'm spiritually able to hold us both up. And I'm going to carry you the next mile. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to drag you right along with me. We have got to patiently wait on those around us. And then also, love causes us to forgive. Boy, that one's deep right there. I'm going to forgive. 
God's going to forget. God's going to help me forget. But it does not mean I'm not going to forget the history. If you broke that trust, you've got to build back that trust. Hello? The Holy Spirit of God helps that trust build back faster. Come on. I've used this example before. If somebody embezzles from the church and they, they, they say, God, forgive me, don't mean I'm putting them back as the usher. Come on. Are y'all with me? There's a point of restoration. Come on. Last verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. So I beg you to affirm your love for Him. It's not about your love for me. It's not about your love for your next door neighbor. It's not about how you care for one another. But what it is about is your love for God. And you've got to show that love to those around you. Because if you're not doing that, you're not putting forth a persistent effort. Would you stand all over the house? You've got to understand, God is a God of love. God is a God that cares for you. God wants what's best for you. God wants to guide you and direct you in the path that He wants you to go. But He wants you to be persistent in that. The first time of trouble does not mean you stop, turn around, and give up. There's plenty of times that I have ran into a problem and I really should just let it go and move on to something else. But I am just stubborn and bullheaded I'm going to figure it out. And yeah, it gets me in a lot of trouble sometimes. But what we've got to do is we've got to be persistent about our relationship with God. So this morning, those that are on live feed, thank you so much for being with us. Join us back this afternoon at 5 o'clock as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Next Sunday, while they're there, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all this. Next Sunday night, next Sunday night on the 21st is the Thanksgiving service down at, uh, it's a community Thanksgiving service down at Mount Pisgah where all the community churches are coming together. A love offering is going to be taken for the Pell City Ministerial Association that I'm currently the president of. I encourage you, let's go and let's, let's, let's worship together. Amen. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Thank you for being with us. May God bless you.